And I'm Kim. Welcome to Cowboys Like Us, the podcast where we talk about Taylor Swift and her music. Yeehaw. Hello, and welcome back to Cowboys Like Us, the only podcast lobbying for a preemptive nuclear strike against the sun. One day, it's going to blow the entire planet of Earth up. We all know that. Scientists are aware. And are we just going to sit here till it does? Not on my watch. So, so what are you going to do for vitamin D in the meantime, once the sun's gone? Well, they make supplements for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to make it into a sex joke. Hey, but I, was then, all, I thought that was where you were going to go with it. But I administer vitamin D. I don't receive it. So, mm. yep. Yeah, so the question still stands, what are you going to do about vitamin D? I don't know. I had to hard pivot to supplements. <laughs> so... Anyway, today we're talking about a little song called Stay, Stay, Stay from Red. And of course, we recorded for Red Taylor's version. Yeah. But first, <laughs> some pod business. This episode you're currently listening to is scheduled to come out on Monday, October 16th, 2023, which is a few days after the premiere of the Eras Tour film. By the time you're listening yeah. to this, we will have seen it, and we hope to have a mini-sode or a bonus episode, depending on how long it is, yeah. reacting to that. So check your feed. It may already be there, or if not, it should be up later today. Yeah, Monday the it'll either come before this episode or shortly after this episode. Yep, we're going to see how quick I can get it turned around. But either way, we're going to have some extra content specifically about the, about the movie. Yep, and we're going to have special guests, so check it out. It's going to be cool. Yeah, it is going to be cool. We'll get all of Justin's true opinions on the tour, because he hasn't really watched any of it. Nope. So, so be fresh. I'm going in blind. Brand new, which is wild to me as someone who's basically watched every single show. I'm excited. I'm excited. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> in the meantime, we got some poll results for you. Vigilante shit. Our first divisive song. It got a nine from the public. As it deserves. Too high. Too high. I'm telling you, I think your opinion's gonna change. When we see the film, we will see. I feel like you're gonna have to talk about it and whether it did or it didn't in the minisode. Well, remember to ask. Okay, I'll try to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do you have any other pod-related business to get into? The Gremlin and I made a whole bunch of friendship bracelets to hand out at the movie when we go tomorrow. Yep, that's true. It was my idea. Was. I did absolutely no work to make it happen. He did not. I'm the idea man. He said make bracelets, and we said fine. But we also made little tags to promote the podcast, and we put them on there. Yeah, so if you are listening to this episode because you got a bracelet, hello! Welcome. Yay! It's good to meet you and yes. give you a bracelet. Please keep listening. Yep. Let's go ahead and get into some news, shall we? Because we've got a good bit this week. Yeah! Ah. News from around the Taylorverse. First up, the big news we talked about a little bit. Heirs Tour the movie has come out by the time you are listening to this episode. Yeah. The world premiere 
Well, it's yeah, it's already come out by the time we're recording this episode. <laughs> Indeed. The world premiere was Wednesday, October 11th in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And the early reviews have been unanimously positive. A lot of hype for it. We'll talk about that in the Minnesota. So check that out. Yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about the songs that got cut, but there were songs that were cut. Yep. Controversial. And yeah, why... The ones she chose were cut. I will never know unless she tells us. Indeed. We'll get into that more on the mini, so check it out. Taylor attended the world premiere, of course, and a whole bunch of celebrities came out as well, including Beyonce, Adam Sandler, Julia Garner, Marin Morris, Mr. Flavor Flav, Karamo Brown, Haley Kiyoko, Becca Tilly, Molly Sims, Jennifer Meyer, and Mariska Hargitay from Law & Order SVU. Hargitay heads no. I don't know who Molly Sims and Jennifer Meyer are. Should I? I don't know either, but <laughs> okay. they were listed in like, here are the celebs that were there. Okay, I'm just not sure. but We're old. They're probably Ma- Gen Z celebs or something. <laughs> Madeline and I were talking about how it seems like the people, the celebrities who did show up or who were invited, we don't know. It, it seems very strategic because like the people who always support her were not there. So like Blake Lively and people like that. So it seems like the people who were invited were the ones who are fans themselves or their kids are fans and like they've been to shows and they've been vocal about going to shows and things like that. We know Flavor Flav has and Adam Sandler. They went to the LA show. All right. Before the film started, Taylor made an announcement that there would be surprise early showings on Thursday, October 12th. According to IndieWire, some movie theater companies who are showing the film and distributors found out at the same time as the general public, and they were not thrilled about it. Some were, quote, outraged and disgusted. So, Taylor's whimsical frivolity isn't good for business sometimes, I guess. So, I was under the impression that, like, this movie was only in AMC theaters. Initially, but then it expanded. Oh, So, okay. it's basically everywhere now. Okay. Well, then that makes sense. I was about to say, distributors, AMC is the one who agreed to it. Yep, and AMC didn't tell their partners and associates. Yeah, well. Probably like they were sworn to secrecy. Well, anyway. I don't know. Get over it. It's Taylor. On to the next big piece of news. We have a Tavis update. Taylor did not attend the Kansas City Chiefs versus Minnesota Vikings game, which was in Minneapolis. The Vikings fans still had some fun with it, though. Billboards were spotted around town in the week leading up to the game saying, quote, beat Taylor's boyfriend. So, having fun. Mr. Travis Kelsey left the game in the first half. After a non-contact leg injury appeared, he rolled his ankle, got caught in the artificial turf, but he was able to return in the second half, and he caught a touchdown. NFL media had fun with it, tweeting things like, he decided to shake it off, the Chiefs are out of the woods, etc. Ended up being the game-winning score, as the Chiefs won 27-20. She was also not present for Travis's 34th birthday dinner in Kansas City, though she did allegedly fly down the next day and hang out with him before he and the Chiefs left to go to the Vikings game. And then Thursday the 12th, Taylor attended the Kansas City Chiefs versus Denver Broncos game in Kansas City on Thursday night football. Seemingly, she went to the premiere of Eras, took a nap, whatever, flew to KC, And to me, personally, 
that lends a lot of credence to the legitimacy of the whole relationship. Because yeah. it would have been very easy, I think, to be like, eh, I'm tired. I'll get the next one if you don't care. Yeah. I also feel like if she was like, I had to miss your birthday dinner for whatever reason, but, you know, I'll come to the game. Yeah. It seems like an even trade. I think so. But in other news, we learned this week that Travis wasn't Travis wasn't the first football player to have a thing for Taylor. Former Vanderbilt Commodores quarterback Jordan Rogers, the younger, less talented brother of Aaron, revealed that he, when he was playing for Vanderbilt, used to leave a ticket for Taylor at the box office for Vandy Games. At the time, she lived about two blocks from First Bank Stadium, where the Commodores play in Nashville. Taylor did not come to any of the games, and the ticket went unused every week. He was, and he is still, a big Swifty, saying, quote, I was going to her concerts when she was playing in front of 200 people in the middle of nowhere, Northern California, when I was in high school. I have the picture to prove it. I met her afterward. She had her crimped hair, first album, That's Me. I'm a Swifty. And he says that he loves Tavis as a couple and is a big supporter of the whole thing. Okay, couple of things, Mr. Rogers. I'm glad that he is a supporter of Tavis and Taylor. One, let's just start out with the basic. She didn't have crimped hair. Her hair is naturally curly. Don't talk about girls' hair or you won't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but then the other thing is like, this whole thing kind of started out, I got worried that it was going in a very different direction. And I thought that it was going to be like a, I've tried a million times before. And so I was there before him. So I'm deserve like, I deserve something. I deserve like her. Yeah, I was here first, you know, yada, yada, yada. No, he was talking about that on a podcast he does with his wife, much like Taylor Lautner, so. Sure, I don't know. It just started, at, the way it started out, I was worried that it was going like a weird, like, Where's my reward thing? <laughs> yeah, no, it's not that. Also, Haley Williams, lead singer of Paramore and friend and collaborator of Taylor, was on The Tonight Show where she told the story of how she and Taylor became friends. She said, quote, We were at some Grammy party. It was actually Timbaland's Grammy party. It was huge. I was very nervous, but a woman came up to me and she said, I'm Taylor Swift's mom and, you know, Taylor doesn't have a lot of friends her age that do music. And I would love to, like, you know, introduce you guys or get your number or whatever. So Taylor's mom set up a play date with Haley and that's how they became friends when they were both teens. Yep. On the trailer for the new season of Survivor, there was a song called Mastermind, which you may remember was on Taylor's Midnights. So, yay. 98 Degrees, a terrible boy band from the 90s and early aughts, featured Mr. Nick Lachey, the former husband of Jessica Simpson, who was a dollar store version of Britney Spears. They had a awful reality show together about their marriage. It was a whole thing. It was a weird time to be alive. If you don't remember it, good you don't you didn't miss anything but the only anyway. thing you missed was this one scene where jessica simpson asked nick lachey if her canned tuna is if it's fish or if it's chicken right. if tuna is fish or chicken and he goes what do you mean and she it's tuna and she goes yeah but it's called chicken of the sea so is it fish or is it chicken that's all you missed <laughs> yep nick and the boys are going into the studio to re-record some of their music 
and they said they were inspired by Taylor Swift's re-recording projects. Gave them the confidence and the inspiration to do it. I don't think anyone will care because no one cared back in the day. I don't know why they'd care now, but good for you boys. Chase the bag, you know, maybe you'll get one. That'd be good. I had their first album. We've all made bad choices in our lives. I was a child. <laughs> Indeed. My brother was a big fan of Dream Street. Oh, yeah. He had their album. I love Dream Street, man. He, probably, he would not love that I said that on this podcast, but I'm keeping it in, so suck it. We can get over it. Pug Crawl, Taylor's version, was hosted by the Oregon Humane Society in Portland this past week. Featured a pug parade and a costume contest. The costume theme was Taylor Swift, and over 200 pugs were there. Decked out in Taylor-inspired outfits. Riding on their little Taylor-inspired floats. It was very cute. Google Pug Crawl. And also, finally, our last news story of the day. Swifties are mad at Olivia Wilde because she shared a screenshot of a tweet that said, I wish Taylor Swift was dating a climate scientist to her Instagram stories. The Twitter Swifty mob took this as an attack on Taylor for her private jet and they went after olivia pretty hard they pointed out that mr harry styles isn't out here doing climate science and they called olivia a hypocrite and a bad slash fake feminist and to that i say calm down it's a joke about how popular taylor is and how whatever her partner is doing suddenly gets a big surge in interest and viewership and that's all maybe if she dated a climate scientist more people would care about climate change that was Olivia's point. It wasn't that deep. Just settle down. Yeah, Olivia, though, has proved time and time again that she is a pretty bad and fake feminist. With other things that don't pertain to Taylor Swift, so we won't get into it, but no one Olivia's ever dated is a climate <laughs> scientist. Yeah, I mean, obviously Olivia Wilde is human garbage, Yeah. but this is not evidence of that or an example. Just leave it alone. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, a, it might have been a good joke if it wasn't coming from her. And I think that's how it, all, of, all of them feel. <laughs> Indeed. Let's move on to chart watch on the Billboard Artist 100. Taylor stayed at number one on the Billboard Hot 100 singles chart. Cruel Summer up one spot to number three, which is its peak. Thus far, has not been higher than three, so how that goes this week. Antihero is up one number 20, and Karma with Ice Spice stayed put at number 31. On the Billboard Top 200 Albums chart, Midnight's is up two to number eight. Lover is up one to number 11. Folklore is up one to number 15. Speak Now, Taylor's version, is up one to number 17. 1989 is up one to number 18. Reputation is up one to number 19. Red. Taylor's version is up four to number 21. Evermore is down four to number 37. And Fearless Taylor's version up one spot at number 60. Debut still not on the chair. All right, that was news and charts. So now it's time to venture again to the special place known as Kimberly's Clown Corner. Kimberly's Clown Corner. This is just gonna be a little update on a couple of things that tie together that we've talked about because I'm just basically reiterating myself at this point. And you know, there's not a lot of clownery going on outside of the things we've already talked about. So I'm just gonna 
update you with like new evidence and new little like new things. I could have gone way farther. There's so much new evidence, but we're just gonna we're just gonna briefly touch on it. So here's your update on the the blue and black outfit rotation trend because it continues. Taylor wore a beautiful 1989 blue Oscar De La Renta floral dress to the premiere of the Eras Tour movie in LA on Wednesday. And the next time she was spotted out was Thursday night in Kansas City for the Chiefs game. And of course, at the game, she was wearing all black underneath a Chiefs jacket, but she kind of had like one shoulder of the jacket off. She wasn't like fully committed to wearing the jacket. But speaking of this Chiefs jacket, that's where most of this (laughs) clownery is gonna revolve around because it kind of links some things together being that she wore it with this black outfit and where the the jacket comes from and it kind of lends some some weight to the the whole Tatus situation so if you needed more proof that her and Travis are dating and it's not just clownery the jacket is from a line called where by Aaron Andrews if you're not, I was gonna say if you're not familiar with Aaron she is a sportscaster and TV personality Things outside of sports, she used to host Dancing with the Stars. She also was the victim of a secret keyhole sex tape back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, it was unfortunate. But Erin created this line of clothing because she was unhappy with the selection of women's sportswear for lady sports fans out there. So anyway, Erin has a podcast that she hosts with Charissa, I think is her name? Carissa. Carissa. Okay, okay. Carissa Thompson called Calm Down with Erin and Carissa. Shortly after Travis spoke out about uh, trying and ultimately failing at shooting a shot with Taylor with the friendship bracelet situation, Erin spoke about it on their podcast and said, quote, Taylor, I don't know what you're doing in your life right now besides rocking the world, but please try our friend Travis. He is fantastic. This is one, Taylor, I know we're not best friends. We're not even friends, but I consider you one. Take us up on this. Go on a date with this guy. Do it for America. (laughs) And she did. And then her co-host said, do it for yourself. Do it for us. Do it for the people, because there's no one that would give you a better time than this guy. Travis himself responded in their Instagram comments of the clip of this podcast section, saying, you two are something else. I owe you big time, with a laughing face and, like, the hands up praise emoji. Mm-hmm. And this clip in the podcast episode came out in August, but it's getting a lot of traction now since this is the third game that Taylor has attended, and you want me to believe? That she just happened, by coincidence, to buy and wear a jacket from Aaron's clothing line after this clip starts going viral? Nah. I'm convinced this is her way of being like, I heard your pleas, and here I am taking your advice. There it is. Also, guess how much the jacket cost? A Chief's jacket from Aaron Andrews' line? Yeah, this particular jacket specifically that Taylor Swift is wearing, guess how much it cost? $600. $112. Surprisingly reasonable. One twelve. 112 day theory. It's full circle. <laughs> that is all. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's it? That's it. All right. <laughs> it's about a jacket. Thank you for that clownery update. Let's move on to our song of the week. And again, it is Stay, 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 which was originally released on Red back in 2012 as a standard album track. And it was re-recorded for Red Taylor's version. It was written by Taylor Swift, and the original version was produced by Taylor, along with her longtime partner Nathan Chapman, and the Taylor's version was produced 
by Taylor and her replacement for Nathan Chapman, Christopher Rowe. Stay, stay, stay made it to number 91 on the Billboard Hot 100 back in the day by not being a singer. What has Taylor said about this song? The song Stay, Stay, Stay is a song that I wrote based on what I've seen of real relationships where it's not perfect. There are moments where you're just so sick of that person. You get into a stupid fight. It's still worth it to stay in it. There's something about it that you can't live without. In the bridge, it says, I'd like to hang out with you for my whole life. And I think that's probably the key to finding the one. You just want to hang out with them forever. There we go. Critical reception. I had to dig for it a little bit this week. I read over 10 reviews of Red, and no one mentioned it at all in those. But a few Red Taylor's version reviews that I read mentioned that it sucks less than the original. And I also had to go to the high school and college papers again to find comments. Here is one, quote, boasting one of Red's most straightforward country arrangements, this track is a plucky promise to stay, stay, stay with a current boyfriend, with a few disses thrown in to those who preceded him. A sillier version of 2010's Hours. The song ends with Swift collapsing into a fit of giggles. It's so fun, she squeals. That was from Billboard. The Lantern called it joy-filled with no strings attached. And the Lantern, for those not in the know, is the student newspaper of Ohio State. So, shout out to our listeners in Westchester, Ohio. What up? And then, quote, in Stay, 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 Taylor's version, Swift's growth is evident as her voice sounds more mature and has less of the characteristic country whiny tone. That is from the Algonquin Harbinger. Big ups to Algonquin Regional High School in Northborough, Massachusetts. That was their paper. And then Slant Mag said, quote, the twee ukulele on Stay, Stay, Stay is more layered in the Taylor's version, giving it a more robust sound. What about the fans? Do they like it? Rob Sheffield rated it 168 out of all of the Taylor Swift songs. He said, quote, here she turns into a self-indulgent taker herself, and surprise, she likes it. A phone-throwing nightmare dressed like a grocery shopping daydream. Okay. But she's more in love with her mood swings than she is with the guy. Mm-hmm. R slash Taylor Swift ranked it number 28 of 29 tracks in their Red Taylor's version, Survivor Game, ahead of Only Girl at Home. But perhaps everyone just don't get it. <laughs> yep, and I added that because... A user named Clockwork Girl One wrote a post on the Taylor Swift Reddit called In Defense of Stay 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 an Analysis. And as you think from that scholarly title, she gets deep into it, has eight over eight hundred words. So it would have cleared Mrs. Puff's word count requirement for her essay about whatnot. You would have stopped like SpongeBob heads no her too long do, didn't read for her post is quote stay 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 is about a toxic relationship looked at through rose-colored glasses it comes from a place of insecurity and the ghosts of a love long desired always lost it ties into we are never getting back together with its positive sound and to the last time with its lyrical twists and so is at the perfect spot on the album sometimes no one is at fault and the relationship crumbles because two people are bad for each other. But Stay 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 is Taylor trying to convince herself that love is enough. Spoiler for Red, 
it's not enough. I just want to say that's the last positive thing I'm going to say about it, pretty much. So, yeah, that was a defense of it. And now I'm going to go on the attack against it in the lyrics because I didn't care for them when I had to really dig deep into them. Verse number one. I'm pretty sure we almost broke up last night. I threw my phone across the room at you. I was expecting some dramatic turn away, but you stayed. This morning, I said we should talk about it, because I read you should never leave a fight unresolved. That's when you came in wearing a football helmet and said, okay, let's talk. Ugh. This shit just sounds exhausting. It reminds me of my relationship with Little Miss Muffinton from back in the day. Bipolar shit. If you're in a relationship that frequently devolves into throwing things, then at minimum, you do not know how to communicate with your partner in a healthy way at all. Use your words, people. You don't ever need to throw anything. It should not come to those dramatic sort of bad romance novel things. And I assume the football helmet line is meant as a, a cute little joke, a lighthearted way of cutting the tension, if you will. But if you throw things at the man, it's not unreasonable to put a helmet on because you might take a phone to the dome. So. Yeah, that sort of undoes the joke a little bit, in my opinion. On to the chorus, and I said, stay, stay, stay. I've been loving you for quite some time, time, time. You think it's funny when I'm mad, 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 but I think that it's best if we both stay. First off, no, it isn't best if you both stay. You shouldn't date someone who constantly makes you angry to the point of throwing things at them. And you shouldn't date someone who finds your anger at them amusing. Whatever feeling that Taylor or the speaker, whoever, is feeling in this song isn't love. Or if it is, it damn sure ain't healthy or sustainable. It's toxic and it's rotten from the inside out. It's going to blow up in her face, but we'll continue on to verse two for now. Yeah, if anybody laughs, if you're in a relationship and your partner laughs when you are genuinely mad, Turn around and run the other way, because that person is probably a serial killer. Yeah, they don't take your emotions and your feelings seriously. They think it's a joke. That's fucked is what that is. Verse 2. Before you, I'd only dated self-indulgent takers who took all of their problems out on me. But you could carry my groceries, and now I'm always laughing, and I love you because you have given me no choice but to stay, stay, stay. I have no idea whether Taylor is a taker or not, but... The irony of her calling anyone in the entire world self-indulgent is so powerful that Alanis Morissette just fell to her knees in a Walmart parking lot and she has no idea why. The irony is just so powerful. Taylor's art, her music, is all about self-indulgence. It's her job and she's very good at it. But damn girl, pot, hello, this is the kettle. You vomit out your feelings onto records for the entire world to listen to. So. You indulge yourself on a level that no one ever has, probably. So, yeah, that's just a little bit much for me. Onto the bridge. You took the time to memorize me, my fears, my hopes and dreams. I just like hanging out with you all the time. All those times that you didn't leave, it's been occurring to me. I'd like to hang out with you for my whole life. Would you, though? Would you really? You would like to hang out with a man who frustrates you to the point of throwing things at him and then laughs in your face because he finds your anger amusing. Taylor was young, relatively, when she wrote this, but goddamn, like the feminists have gone on record calling Taylor a feminist nightmare before. 
for songs that I felt did not deserve it. This song does because men wouldn't deal with it. There's no fucking way. And if any women out there think that's what a relationship is supposed to be, it isn't. It isn't. It's really gross and I don't like it. And I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's a good song. I don't think it's a good message for young people to listen to. So the twee ukulele <laughs> distracts from deeply problematic lyrical themes. Would you like to get into your overall thoughts, Kimberly? Sure. This song is very naive, which absolutely makes it relatable, but maybe we need to revisit why we, as a society, glamorize abusive, toxic relationships. Why do we teach children, especially girls, if they pig on you, if they frustrate you, it's just because they like you. Bullshit. That's a bully. That person is a bully. Yep. This is my feminism for all the teens and young adults, or even full-grown peeps out there. My rant, if you're a full-grown peep, that you might need to hear this. The idea that a relationship is only healthy if it's a fight, if you argue, if you have tough times with your partner, is incorrect. No one deserves to dread their partner, ever. If you fight and argue and are constantly annoyed with the relationship you're in, it isn't cute or required for you to, quote, make it work or, quote, tough it out. Chances are that person will never change and you're enabling their behavior at that point. Yeah, until I had to listen to it for this podcast. I had not taken the time to actually listen to the lyrics and think about what they mean. Because, you know, it's just a dumb little throwaway song on a 16, 17, whatever it is, track album. So, like, it's there and then it's over and we move on. But now that I have taken the time to listen to it in more depth, I just like this song a lot. Taylor is presenting us with a cutesy little ditty about a toxic relationship that she somehow thinks, or hopefully thought, is the perfect ideal form of what love is. And to that, I can only ask, what the fuck? Because I don't want to, like, moral high ground it, because I was young and in a bad relationship, homest among us, because we see from our parents or whomever not so great relationships and we think that's just what they are. But they don't have to be, man. They shouldn't be. You would be better off alone than to be with someone who you want to throw things at and who laughs at you when you get upset because that's not good. It's not healthy. That's not the partner that you should be with. You don't need to just accept whatever partner will have you and who won't leave when you throw things at them because that's just another symptom of him not taking her anger seriously. Just th- throwing things at people is physical abuse. Yeah, it is. It's abuse. So, I don't know. Any, I, There are people in this world who believe, who truly believe, much like this song, that abusive relationships are the only kind of relationships in which love is actually present. And that is wild to me. I've never, I've never thought of it that way. Like, so I don't, I, I don't know how you, uh, you get that through to people like that, but I think it just takes time and growth. Anger is a strong emotion, and if you are young and dumb, you may confuse it with passion, which is also a strong emotion. But they are not the same thing, even a little bit. And once you learn the difference, you will wonder how you ever didn't see the difference. It's one of those type of things, like a magic eye poster. Once you see it, you wonder how you didn't see it the whole time. So. Hopefully Taylor has gotten to that point in her life and she just re-recorded this song because you got to. That's the project, right? So, I don't know. But now, 
after having listened to this song and really paid attention to it, I have no question anymore about why Taylor basically had every relationship she's had thus far blow up in her face. Because she doesn't know what a healthy relationship is, or at least she didn't know back in the day. Hopefully she's learned some lessons by now, as we all have in our lives. But yeah, yeah, I can see. I can see why all her relationships, at least to this point, were doomed from the start. And it's regrettable. It's regrettable. Oh, all right. Let's get into the ratings so we can get the hell out of here and move on to a better song next week. For those of you who don't know, we rate every song on a one to 10 scale. One is very bad, 10 is very good, five is very mid. Kimberly, what do you rate? Stay, stay, stay. I give it a four. When the first release of Red came out, this song was really high for me, but as we discussed, I was a kid, and kids have weird views of love. So I thought this was like cutesy, and you know, this is how relationships should be. Because I think by the time Red came out, I really hadn't been in a true relationship. But yeah, it was really high. It was one of my favorites. But after going through some life, doing some growing, when I revisit it, it doesn't hold up. As a, an adult, it is not cringy in the sound because it's a it's a fun pop song sound wise, but the lyrics just don't promote a message that I think anybody needs to hear. All right. Well, when this week began of prep work on this episode, my initial thought, based on my memory of this song, was like a five, maybe a six. I don't know, somewhere in there because. It's not much, but it's it's catchy. But after further review, I'm gonna give it a two. And the only reason it's not a one is because of the aforementioned catchiness. That's all the positive I can find in it though. It's meant to be light and goofy, but the lyrics really undercut that for me when I look at it through the lens of a 32 year old man, which I am. Yeah, so either Taylor, <laughs> Taylor just misfired real hard on this song lyrically or I have no idea what she was going for. Either way, it's a two for me. So if you'd like to tell us what you rate it, if you're a stay, stay, stay defender out there, or if you're a hater, either way, you can vote in our poll, which is gonna be on Spotify in the episode description of this episode. And on our social medias, we are on X and we are on Instagram and we are on threads at CBLU underscore podcast. Yes. If you don't follow us on those platforms, you should. Why are you not doing that? It would be good. The Pod Gremlin is always on there, posting fun things. And if you don't follow us, you're missing out. Don't do that. Don't make any sense. Kimberly, what is our next song gonna be? Next week is We Were Happy. Yes, We Were Happy, one of the vault tracks released on Fearless TV. Excited to get into that one because I'm going to give it a higher score than a two. So that's fun. <laughs> Do you have anything else? I don't think so. All right. Well, if you haven't, go listen to the mini-sode on the movie. And until then, thank you so much for listening. We will see you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Cowboys Like Us. Follow us on Instagram, Threads, and X at CBLU underscore podcast. Email us directly at cowboysliceuspodcast at gmail.com. New episodes every Monday on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Y'all come back now, you hear?